G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it's great to have you here listening today. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job is to help you navigate those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith all throughout the week. Now, today, it's a little bit of an interesting and different episode. So I had a different Beyond the Message prepared, but of course, we could not meet in person because our local church is currently locked down. So today we air the first episode of Lockdown Chats as Chris Riley and I sit down and we answer your questions that you asked on Instagram. They range from beard care through to why did God create mosquitoes? But there's some awesome questions that hopefully will help you understand some more things about faith, life and relationships. So I really hope you enjoy this first episode of Lockdown Chats. Well, we asked and you answered. Um, we put out a question on our Instagram at beyondchurchau. Is that right, Bradley? Sorry, I should just do our Instagram handle without actually yeah, knowing what an AU in there. Listen, there's an AU. Type in Beyond Church AU. There's a, probably a pretty high percentage chance you should come across something related to us. That's 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 not that's not too bad. Um, we put out a question on Instagram about lockdown. Uh, you know, what do you want to know? faith, life, anything. And we got some incredible questions, which we will get to in a little bit. Um, but first, we're in lockdown. Um, CP, what's been, what's lockdown been like for you? Just watching the Olympics constantly. I mean, just the games. I feel like, yeah, I know there's like, it's it's not great to be in lockdown, but if there's a time to be locked down, it's when the Olympics <laughs> are on and you can just binge watch the Olympics 24-7. Chris, can I just say, we've recorded another episode that we were going to release when this was uh, released, and that was pre-lockdown, and it didn't make sense to release that, but um, I'm just flashing forward a bit for when it is released. I said, how are you going, Chris? And there was no lockdown, and you also said, yep, just watching the Olympics 24-7. So Just the games. Just the games. Which pretty much tells you nothing has changed for me. I'm a pretty boring guy. What What have you been watching? What specifically has been like... Oh... Okay, I got really in the last week. Slalom or the kayak. I don't know which one's yeah. which. When Jess Fox won, that was impressive. But then there was the 10,000 meters final the other night. Oh, and, this is Olympic moment. And that Aussie guy, man, he showed some ticker when he went down with like 250 oh, yep. to go. He did. Like, oh, I just thought that was class. Mm. So. Yeah, that was incredible. Well, I'm really looking forward to the modern pentathlon. Uh, we'll go over it really quickly. Uh, for those who don't know, there was a there's an event that was created in the 19th century that was meant to identify the best people to take to war. It's a five event event. I don't know how to say that any better, but it involves horse riding, swimming, running, shooting, and fencing. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I got a that's question by one person. Yes, right. So, so I actually have two questions. My first question is: I know we're recording this right now. Is my face frozen on yep. me? Yeah, still. I'm seeing that on my screen. Hey, you're not just holding that there. I'm happy for that just to run out for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I look fantastic. Second question. Does it go horseback riding, like swimming? And then is it in that order? Like, are they doing all these things? Like, are, you, on a horse, are you saying it's like a, triath- like a triathlon? Pool, <laughs> and now, or are they doing all these things at the same time? Is it riding a horse while swimming with the horse while shooting? And then like, is it multiple elements? Um, these are questions that I cannot answer and I do not know whether it's like triathlon style, whether it's like one straight into the other, 
yeah. five back to back or whether they're on like five completely different days. But so someone in, on Instagram or anyway is going to let us know because I am in the Olympic I community. Do not know. Yeah, that's <laughs> let us know. That's helpful. Oh, very good. Well, let's get cracking with these lockdown questions. We've got questions about everything um, and we're going to start. And I'm going to say the, the, the most common question uh, was beard related and they're coming in the direction of Riley Brown. Riley, how is your beard so phenomenal? What is your beard care routine? What are the beard products you use? People want to know. Yeah, well, great question. Look, obviously, as a type three Enneagram as well, and just a words of affirmation guy, um, this one means a lot to me. Um, so, um, again, I'm just looking at myself frozen on the screen and just inspecting my own beard. Listen, to be honest, <laughs> if I knew if I knew we were going into lockdown, I would have grown this out more just for the the podcast. I shaved, I shaved yesterday, um, and I, yeah, I've just went for it. So obviously, I'm quite baby faced right now, um, and just look and feel like a completely different person to normal usual beard routine um i'm actually one of those guys that can just use a razor and remove all my facial hair in fact i normally if i don't have anything to like i don't know what, what's it called when you have to put like the foam on your face to like shave or like what being, it normal? being normal yeah well if you use any of kind of those those products um i don't use i normally can just use hand soap as like a little bit of like just to yeah get the razor yeah. on but um i'm on a fresh fresh shave right now what, you, what do you put right? in your beard next time you're shaving what's that sorry think of the pores you know yeah. your poor skin pores what about my skin pores yeah you can't you can't be using hand soap on the pores <laughs> but it's nah, it's lavender and vanilla it's standard. That's brilliant. Lockie, you look like you feed your beard. Your beard looks um, like it eats organic it avocados and it does. Really good <laughs> stuff that makes it grow. Um, yeah, look, I got conned into buying like the $40 beard oil from my last barber. Um, wow. I got a few compliments lately about the, the beard, which is quite nice. But the only thing I, thing I can say about lockdown is that it's 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 vulnerable um, because mm. in lockdown there's there's not much to do. So previously in lockdowns, the beard has been one of the first things to go. Yep. Uh, I, I think back to over a year ago now when we all went into lockdown and suddenly every male ever just wanted to shave their head. Um, I didn't mm. have to do that. I just did the beard. So the, the beard is vulnerable at the moment and I'm not sure whether it's going to survive the duration of lockdown. Mm. Also, it needs a bit of a trim. And every time I've gone, oh, I should get a trim, it's been masks and you can't get your beard cut while wearing a mask that is oh, the that's the, the rules so you go to the barber and if it's if we're in mask season they are not uh, legally allowed to cut your beard so it really hasn't been touched in such a long time and if i attempt to to trim it it'll just you just take a bit off this side and then you go oh, i need to even it out even it out and then you suddenly look like a 14 year old mm. um so that's the current well, that's that's my best answer to the beard questions but thank you so much i appreciate all the love on instagram for this old thing cp i got a question coming your way go this one's about uh motivation and productivity and one of our our listeners wants to know about increasing motivation and, and productivity and i'm gonna make it well we can take we can go two ways we can go one about sure. being in lockdown and just how to create and establish maybe some routine um to ensure that our our motivation and productivity is up but also in general what are some tips that you have about productivity and motivation 
Yeah, well, why don't, why don't we go um, productivity first? And this is me nerding out, Lockie, because as a type three on the Enneagram, I love productivity. Um, but a lot of our productivity comes from, and our thinking around it comes from the Industrial Revolution, where we think very much of like conveyor belt, factory workers, get more units box, get more things done. Um, but as we kind of have realized and started to realize in the last decades or so, people are not machines. And so we have to think a little differently about productivity. So I would say, um, for me, productivity is getting more of the right things done, not necessarily getting more done. Because you can kind of just tick tasks and tasks and tasks and tasks off your task list, but not actually get the um, the right things um, done. <clears throat> and so um, how do you increase productivity? Well, I would say figure out where you're spending time at the moment. Um, look at your life and kind of go, hey, where am I spending time on the things that don't matter? I know I, I actually, this is a true story. I spoke on the idea of productivity in a like a little keynote that I was doing. Um, and I asked people, hey, pull out your phones, check the screen time app on your phone. Someone had dead set, spent over six hours on social media the day before. That's insane. Uh, like that's nearly a full working day. Like if you want to get more of the right things done, stop spending it on the things you don't care about. Um, wow. That is, that's crazy. I, I'm not, I'm not going to attempt to look at mine just now. I don't want to embarrass myself live on the podcast, but um, definitely like first few days of lockdown, my, my kind of, um, if, if you're looking at your screen time now and it's like still early lockdown, don't be too hard on yourself. I think it's, it takes a little while to get into a routine. I think the importance is that we are establishing a routine, um, not that we kind of get it right the first time. So that would be my first little bit of encouragement before anyone's feeling too bad about themselves for not like spending three and a half minutes on social media on the first day of lockdown. I think that kind of ties into that idea of like, how do you increase motivation? Um, because I think you've got to figure out like I am, I'm just a big believer that like if, when it comes to things that you care about um, how you feel about things is kind of secondary, I guess, if, if you value it, if it's important to you, then how you feel about a particular situation, you know, you do it when you feel like doing it, you do it when you feel like not doing it. And so I think a lot of people think motivation is this feeling that I want to do it, which usually is a feeling like, Hey, I got enough rest. I got enough sleep. I'm feeling energized. Um, and so I would say like the first step to increasing motivation for me anyway, has always been to know your why, when you can clearly articulate, Hey, why am I doing this? Why am I, you know, living? What's my why that always kind of helps you push through those times when you're not feeling as energized the second thing is, and, and I'll be honest, I am not um, great at this. I'm getting much better. My wife is a weapon at this, okay? She is who I like model my stuff off on this. Is um, I don't know who said it, but there's this, this saying that the system um, is perfectly designed for the results you're getting. So if you want to kind of get more motivated, if you want to get more things done, um, often we got to look at like, well, what do I do first thing when I wake up in the morning? Um, if I want to have a better morning routine, if I want to feel more energized in the morning, what am I, what am I doing first thing in the morning? And often it's like, I look at my phone, you know, you'll check your social media, you'll check your text messages. You might go on YouTube or TikTok or whatever it is. And so the first thing you want to do is, well, what would a, what would a good morning look like for me? What kind of things would I like to put in there? Um, and then break it down to the bare minimum. And M is really, really a big believer of, you should be able to do, you know, your morning routine and you should be able to do, go about your day 
um, if you are really, really tired or if you're really, really energized. And then if you're really, really energized, you can add some more things to it and you can kind of feel like you're killing the game. But if you have it set on like, what are the things I need to, I can just get away with getting done. Um, that'll kind of get that momentum um, ticking along. And often if you're not feeling motivated and then you start to tick some things off, then you kind of start to feel like, oh, I've got a bit of momentum going and that motivation, that feeling of motivation starts to, starts to increase. But you've got to have systems in place for when you don't feel motivated and then they guide you through those systems and those rituals will guide you through. That's what I found anyway. So good. I hope that is helpful to the listener who asked that question. Um, RB, welcome back to the conversation, your non-frozen face. Oh, that's so, so good to hear. I was really just like, like <laughs> I feel like I was, it was it, just like, it was exactly that. Look, no, good to well, be back. Good to be unfrozen. We've got a great question for you uh, and Chris. At any point, feel free to chime in. Um, but this is, this is an interesting question that's come our way. It says, I had a bad church experience and no longer think that religion is important to me. I love this. Change my mind, full stop. They're like, <laughs> it's like, it's like just, the- I just want to argue or like, you know, but like change my mind. Oh, that's okay. It's <laughs> a fun position. Um, is this like the meme? Is there a meme where like there's a guy sitting at the table and he's just like, sometimes I'm saying, change my mind. That's what yeah. I have in my head right now. Um, I'm no great. Yeah. I'm no great debater. Chris, you did debating in high school, didn't you? I was the debate captain in high school. <laughs> wow. wow. Do you want me to? Do you want me to edit that out of the um, podcast? Or do you want me to keep that? No, in? you can keep that in. I'm okay, not even that. embarrassed by that. <laughs> okay. Let's put that to the front. Um, I, I did not do debating in high school, so I can't come in from a super kind of well-refined uh, debating kind of posture here. Um, but the question being, sorry, changed my mind on had a bad experience with re- with religion. Uh, with church, that's with an church. interesting bit. So I had a bad experience at church. Therefore, I no longer think that religion or Christianity or whatever that is, is important to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, even just hearing bad experience of church, like firstly and foremost, like I can't change, change that experience for you. And I'm really sorry because I recognize that the church, not even just the church of the present in the 21st century, but across the timeline of history has just done some terrible things to people and have just done the opposite of love um, and just done the opposite of modeling Jesus's love um, as well. So yeah, I I wish I could change that experience for you, but I know I can't and I'm I'm really sorry because I know when people have experiences with the church or even when we talk about um, why I know I've got mates who really push back against the church or push it back against Christianity. um, Not because they've asked the question of who is Jesus, but more so they've had a bad experience with Christians or bad experience with the church. And because of that, they don't want a bar of Christianity. Um, whereas I think I'd just say like, there's, there's more to it in the sense of like, that's not Jesus, Jesus, like the manipulation, that terrible experience. Um, if you felt like someone really told you, like, this is how you're going to change your belief systems. Like it was forced upon you. Um, if it was kind of that emotional manipulation and anything like that. Like I actually think even for me as a follower of Jesus, like I was raised in a home that was a church home um, with my mum and dad and my two sisters. Um, but one of the things that I really value from my mum and dad was how they modeled kind of Christian faith within the household in the sense of they didn't, they didn't force that upon me. I was always surrounded by a really loving community of other followers of Jesus and grew up um, with other followers of Jesus too. Um, but yeah, it was never forced upon me. I was able to kind of ask these big questions about life. And that's why I think if I look at that question of like, change my mind about religion, is that right? Change my mind about religion. Um, 
you know, it was, it was really recognizing like my faith isn't just this thing that I lean on to get me through life. Like, it's not just like a pair of crutches that I go around holding on to just to, to, to yeah, to lean on, to help me get um, through life. And um, I think that's probably the, if I could give a question back to you in any way, it's kind of like, well, what do you lean on in the times when you're struggling the most? Um, you know, what do you lean on when your, your thoughts and your feelings are just all over the place? Like, what do you, what do you trust in? And I guess when it comes to this idea of not just religion, but this idea of faith, like we all place our faith in something. Um, we all, have some type of foundation where we're going to to say like, I'm going to trust that thing to help me get through this time, but not just through this time, but throughout my lifetime. And whereas the Christian faith, that, that the answer to that, to the Christian faith is, is who we can, of who we can place our trust in is, is Jesus. I know I can't place my trust in myself. I know I'm my own worst enemy at times. And because of that, I know I can't trust myself, my own thoughts, feelings, I can't trust myself to save myself. And particularly when it comes to this idea of having a ticket to eternity let alone being able to live a life that was designed for me where I can live it to the full knowing Jesus is grace. Like I know that ultimately points back to a savior and I need that. So I guess my question there would be in light of your bad experience, which I know, again, I can't change that for you. Um, in light of the questions that you might have around religion, but also the Christian faith in it being a relationship, which I know you probably have some questions with that too, um, is what, what stands in the way and, and can you overcome it? Um, and if you, you can overcome it, or even not overcome it, what are some of those questions? Do you know who the people are that you can kind of go to to talk about that? And thank you in the first place for actually asking the question because I recognise that this is a question that a lot of people uh, are asking in their head or a lot of people have had a bad experience with the church before but never bring it forward because of that experience. So thank you for the courage of stepping up to ask that question. It's a great question. We could spend a lot of time on it. I've got a few comments. Chris, I'm not sure if I've seen that you've got a few comments as well to add there, but it's interesting looking at the bad church experience. Mm. Uh, I mean, if I go to a church and like the worship isn't like crash hot, it's not like the best thing in the world. I don't leave going like, oh man, that was a bad experience. I'm like, oh, the, the worship was a bit average. Or if the, the preacher is a bit disengaging, I'm not like, oh, it's a bad experience. I'm like, oh, maybe a bit of a waste of my time. But it's interesting to look at the things that would make someone have a bad experience at church. Um, I look at things like people not being welcoming and, them coming into a new church environment and people you can just tell that people don't want you there they're like eh, we don't really care about having you here or things being offensive from the front things being said that just aren't true or are not helpful so i'm just uh, i'm curious by the bad experience and yeah again really sorry that um you've had a bad experience wherever that may be but um want to encourage you to not discount religion altogether or christianity i think it's still pretty important yeah i think like I'd echo this, the same sentiments as, as um, you and Riley lock in the idea that, yeah, it, it sucks when you have a bad church experience and there's nothing we can do to change it. I guess one thing I would maybe just get the person to think about if I could gently push is, um, say, for example, I, I go, which I frequently do, I go to a Macca's drive-thru and, uh, you know, get my, get my order through the drive-thru. What's and it's order, at a Chris? McDonald's that I don't particularly go to. Uh, I've uh, I changed it. I've changed it a little bit. So um, quarter pounder plus cheeseburger. That's not anymore. Anyway, um, <laughs> so say I go through an unfamiliar drive-through, and you know maybe the wait time's really long, and maybe they mess my order up, and so then I have to get out of the car and go back in. Typically, my first thought is not, "Oh, all McDonald's are terrible. I'm never going to go back to a McDonald's." My thought is, oh man, this McDonald's like needs to get its act together because there's other great McDonald's experiences that I've had 
where they're really efficient and they're really fast and they're really moving through things. And I think the same is true with stores. You know, you go to, you go to one particular store or one particular coffee shop and you have a bad experience at a coffee shop. You don't think, Oh, I'm never going to go to a coffee shop again. And so one question I have is why, why is that our response when we have a bad church experience? We had, I had one bad experience, therefore I'm never going to go to another church. Um, or I had one bad um, conversation. I'm never going to place my faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of ask, like, why Why does that person think that difference is? And why is it different for religion as opposed to, to other things that we have bad experiences with? And that might, asking that question might show you something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too good. CP, we're so- going to stay. Oh, sorry. Right. I was just going to say just quickly, I think it's just that add on as well, like of, of what does your worldview look like? Like there's just these questions around meaning, origin, like purpose in life, like who you are, how did I get here? Like, where am I going? Like these big questions in life that are just too good not to answer at some stage in our life. And we can always put them in our pocket and say like, yep, I'll get to that in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years time, or when it really matters when I'm getting really older and I'm getting to the end of everything. Like, but like, there's there's never going to be a, bit, a better time uh, to ask those questions um, than now than in the present. So that was just my my small add-in um, on a really good chat from CP there. Nah, so good. Well, Chris, we'll jump back to you. And a great question here. And we've talked about it on the podcast um, before. It actually comes out every time we do a question and answer. Uh, nice. Maybe it's because we're not answering good enough, but also potentially because it's such a good question. And I think... Um, it's a question that is relevant at any stage in life and it could potentially have a different answer at every stage in life. So we'll attempt at the lockdown edition of like, okay, things are locked down. Things are, um, things are not going the way we thought they would in the world. And the question is this, how do I know if I'm hearing from God or how can I make time or space to hear from God when it's just me at home or I'm with my husband or wife or I'm with my housemates I'm trying to study, I'm trying to work, I'm trying to do my personal projects. Things are a little bit chaotic at the moment, but in the midst of that, how can I hear from God or how do I know if I've heard from God? And this is this is a question I hear like a, you know, I've been in Emma and I have been in I think three or four connect groups. Um, and it's a question that that is always that we always talk about every single time we have a group because I think it it never becomes um irrelevant as a Jesus follower. And there's a, there's a verse I love. It's James 4, 8. Um, and whatever translation you use is great, but the ESV, I think, captures it really well. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I love that verse because if you know the author of that particular passage, it's, it's James, the brother of Jesus. And James didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus during his life. And then it wasn't until after his resurrection that James began to follow Jesus. And so I I think it's really, really powerful that James kind of goes, hey, look, there was a part in my life where I didn't want to have anything to do with God. I wasn't trying to find God. I thought my brother was a nut job. And then he has this moment where he kind of goes, you know what? What I began to do is I began to actually draw near to God. And what I found when I drew near is that God drew near to me as well. And I was better able to hear God and discover who he was when I was kind of pushing in. And I'm not saying this is true of everyone. And I'm not definitely not saying this is true of the person who asked the question, but typically, you know, when I'm having conversations with people or having coffee with people, when they kind of go, Hey, I want to hear from God. Usually it's about a big decision or a big issue. And one of my questions is, well, do you have a habit or a rhythm of hearing from God normally? 
Um, Cause it's really hard to hear from someone if you only go knocking on their door when you need a big question answered. And so what I would say is, um, is if someone's listening to this and they don't feel like, Hey, I don't really need anything particularly to hear from God. I would say, don't wait until you do like start early and begin to develop some practices that begin to allow you to hear from Jesus early. Um, something I use really, really regularly is, um, and nearly every day is something called the pause app. Um, it's just like a one minute pause, which just someone, someone talks and it feels a little bit weird, you know, when you first start doing it. Um, but it's just an opportunity to pause and reflect for one minute and hear from, hear from God. Um, and so that's, that's something I use, but if you are faced with a big decision, maybe you're in lockdown and you're kind of like, oh, I'm reevaluating life. Here's five helpful questions that I found or I stole from someone else to, um, cause I just thought they were good questions that could kind of help you figure out, Hey, is this something I'm hearing from God or is this something I'm generating from myself? Um, the first one is, does it line up with scripture? Like God would never tell you to do something that doesn't line up with scripture. Second question is, does it line up with God's character? Because God's not going to ask you to do something that doesn't reflect who he is. Um, third question is, you know, is it confirmed through messages at church or through the times that you spend with Jesus? Like, is this a theme that you kind of keep hearing? You know, you kind of walk in, you're like, oh, I got this question. You know, sometimes you walk into church and um, you kind of like that message, just, I don't know who that was for or what that was for. And then there's other times where you're like, wow, I feel like the person's speaking directly to me. Um, here's one I really like. It's the fourth one is, is what I'm hearing beyond me. You know, oftentimes like, I don't know, I've heard people say, Oh, I'm hearing from God. And it's like exactly what they've always wanted to do. Um, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that could either mean that you're like really tuned into what God's saying. Um, or it could mean that like, you just want to do what you want to do. And you're kind of saying like, God's telling me to do it. And it's okay to just say, I want to do this. Like God doesn't have to be telling you to have a double quarter pounder burger. You could just like that. Um, so the question is, is what I'm hearing beyond me? Because often, you know, when you look at the New Testament, God is always calling people to things that are beyond them um, because he doesn't want people to be able to say, hey, I did this all me. It, it had to be God show up. And then the f- final one is, is what I'm hearing pleasing to God? Like, um, and sometimes when there's big decisions in life, you might get to a point and you're like, you know what? I, I feel like I've really it could go either way and I could make a decision either way and really either way would be pleasing to God. And so maybe that's just God sort of saying, you got a bit of freedom to choose there. Um, so yeah, it's as simple as I can answer that question. Hopefully it's helpful. Look, I think you've done pretty well. You've given a good biblical application, an app recommendation plus five questions. So that's pretty clear. How about we put that link to the app in the description as well as those five questions. So you can check those out at any point. And Riley, we're coming to you last for this first episode of Lockdown Questions. Um, it's a good question. It's two. It's actually a two-parter, kind of with two oh, very different questions, questions, but entered in the same Instagram question. So we'll tackle it in one hit. Um, and it's this, what do I need to do to be a good Christian? And the second part, how do I know if I'm ready to be a Christian? It's a great two-parter. Um, I know a lot of lovely Christians, but I think if you talk to the, um, the Christians, yeah, I, I think from a Christian worldview perspective, there's no perfect Christian out there. Um, so if we're talking about the idea of, are you, are you good enough? Like from a, a gospel 
kind of side of things like it's it's really clear like we fall short of that line but it's it's god's grace and jesus life death and resurrection that extends that invitation to us for a relationship with him so that answers a little bit of that part one of the question part two of the question um was sorry like was around being a christian part two being was, ready how do i know if i'm ready to be a christian yeah. awesome and i think this plays a little bit probably into the first part two um but i think like even looking at the the term of christian like i think what we what we see across the new testament is that that term christian was actually coined as like almost like a derogative term to just identify who the christians were who were christ followers um, whereas Jesus, Jesus actually never called his followers to be Christians. He called them to be disciples. And I think we've already talked about it a little bit in that when people have an experience of Christianity, sometimes, or when people have an experience with Christians, whether it's bad or good, that can become their definition of what Christianity is and ultimately who Jesus is as well. Um, so if you, myself, Chris, if we were to run outside now, outside of lockdown and go knocking on everyone's doors with masks on, which we won't do because we're in lockdown, guys, don't do that. But if we were to do it, I'm sure we'd get different responses from the neighbours in our street around how they defined what or who or what a Christian looks like. So Jesus called his followers not to be Christians, but called them to be disciples. And what we see in the disciples um, or the definition of disciples is how Jesus um, was talking around it. I think it's a Greek a Greek term, matha, mathetus, mathetus, which means student or learner or pupil. And I just think that carries such a heavier kind of weight to that of Christians because it's so narrow. So all of a sudden Jesus makes it, you know, really, really clear as to what it looks like to follow him. But he also gives us some really kind of uh, a really a clear way to respond as well. And it comes through that of an action because Jesus says, deny yourself, gives us an action. So deny yourself. In the culture that we live in, I think it's it's a lot of kind of like soul searching, like I'm going to find purpose and my meaning and spirituality out there in the world. It's a lot of self-love. You know, once I do these certain steps, then I'll find my true self. It becomes very me-centered. And what Jesus is saying with deny yourself is like, this is about following me, not following you. Um, and this is his invitation to us as disciples um, of denying yourself. He gives us a behavior to take up your cross which literally he's putting that ancient torture device in front of us saying like, this will actually cost you your life. Um, and then he says, follow me as well, um, which is a habit. So there's this really clear kind of response of, of when it comes to this journey of being a follower of Jesus, of deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Jesus is actually not pointing to a direction. He's pointing to himself as the direction. Um, so I think if, if I could add in anything there, um, when it comes to, you know, am I ready to be a Christian or not? It's it's just coming to the understanding of like, this is how Jesus invites us into actually following him as a disciple, which can I just say radical, crazy call. Like that is such a, a, a big, heavy thing, particularly for us within a Western world to even wrap our heads around. I think there's three, oh, we had a crazy stat from our Problem of Jesus series um, a while back of just how many martyrs of faith there have been since the time of Jesus. And we're up in like the hundreds of millions, like it's an incredible mark. Um, there are so many people in our world who are actually willing to die for what they believe in, willing to die in their faith. And I think that just takes such a courage. And again, for us in a Western world where everything's very structured, we're not under, you know, persecution every day, like what's happening in other places where if the gospel shared, people are literally at risk of losing their own lives or losing their family's um, life. Um, yeah, I think it's just really clear how Jesus talks about what it actually 
means to to step into actually following him um and i think the the big verse for that is luke 9 verse 23 as well which is it says if any of you wants to be my follower you must deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me but then also the next verse if you try to hang on to your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news you will save it and that's where jesus is really just i think you know getting a really nice package together of what discipleship is, that discipleship is about obedience and that the essence of being a follower of Jesus is that response of action, behavior, habit, must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Um, so I think that would be probably my response to that question. Too good. That's awesome. Well, we've come to the end of our first lockdown edition. What do we call this? Quarantine questions. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, just straight fire. Uh, uh, I we're keep getting in trouble down. from Molly. We're, we're not, we're not quarantining. We're locked down. You're locked um, down. But quarantine questions kind of sounds cool. It just, yeah, it sounds kind of fun. I like it. That's good. You're the Any, host, uh, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. It's called lockdown with Lockie. <laughs> lockdown. Tips on how to just, grow just your beard. <laughs> I'm just going to stop there. Uh <laughs> Any any last comments, fellas, before we uh, sign off for this Beyond the Message um, special edition? Big shout out to the Opals. They, they're going through the quarters. I think they're going through the quarters. So a great yeah. play by the women's basketball team last night. 24 points needed to win. Come out with 26. Unlucky Matildas. Um, got the World Cup coming up soon, so that would be good play. Yeah. It'll be good. Um, but, yeah, big by the Olympics. But... No, outside of that, just cheering on. If we're talking about Australia, talking about the nation, I'm just even pulling it back, eccentric circles, local community right now. Um, big shout out to the local businesses um, and the big hard slog that they're going through right now. Um, and just cheering you guys on with our hashtag for Morton um, tagline as well, but not just as a tagline. I think I've been thinking about it a fair bit today. I was talking to a fellow who's just in a small business. Um, up the coast and um, yeah I just know it's really really challenging for a lot of people right now um, in that field so um, keep supporting local but keep, keep loving people and, and staying safe as well um, hopefully we'll get out of this soon very good we'll see you for episode 2 of I'm not even going to call it anything but we'll see you soon as we answer more of your questions <laughs>